0: of inspiring conversations with remarkable working women, and I am absolutely thrilled to be talking to Jen Cassetta today, who, besides being a recognized keynote speaker, health and empowerment coach, and third-degree black belt in Hapkido, which I can't wait to hear more about is also the author of a new book that's about to come out called The Art of Badassery, Unleashing Your Moho with Wisdom of the Dojo. So we are going to get to all of that. Welcome, Jen.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Katie. And hello, everyone out there listening. So
0: I was reading the descriptor for the book, your book that's coming out in August and it says this book is for any woman who feels burned out beaten down or like she might break under the pressure and for these women which i think is pretty much everyone right now including myself you teach a unique brand of badassery how to get back up no matter what life throws at you how to level up your mind body and spirit and how to turn your setbacks into superpowers which sounds Amazing. So (laughs) let's just sort of, you know, dive right in because I think it's incredibly difficult not to feel burned out, you know, and somewhat beaten down after the collective last two years we've all been through. So could we uh, please start by talking about how to acknowledge this and
1: yet move beyond it? Absolutely. And that is the first chapter of the book, Katie, which is titled, yeah, yeah, the first chapter is embrace the suck, um, which is a term that, to be honest, I thought I made up, but I totally didn't. I realized that the military has been using this phrase far before me um, four times when, you know, that that suck essentially, life is not one long smooth ride. And I think everyone, especially after the last two years can acknowledge that now, um, for, for a lot of people, the pandemic was that first huge majorly sucky thing that happened in their life. For a lot of us, not so much. We've been through those times before and we've done the work and we've gotten back up. So the the book is kind of laid out like a martial artist's journey from white belt to black belt and the metaphor, you know, I really use martial arts because a, I love it and it's my background, but really as a metaphor for women specifically, or especially, I mean, again, the lessons apply to anybody really, but I wrote it for women. And as a white belt, if you think about going to a dojo, which is like a training center, right. For martial artists, that first time you step onto the mat and you know, you're, you're using muscles that you've never worked before. You're stretching, you're conditioning, you're sore, it hurts. And then all of a sudden you're faced with these opponents that are trying to kick you and punch you and knock you down. And, you know, it's the mental game of being like, okay, this might suck. And I'm going to get on that mat and I'm going to do it any, do the work anyway, because I know that it's just going to get better over time I know that I'm gonna get stronger both physically and mentally and spiritually. Um, and again, and, and then, you know, obviously in real life, our dojo is our places of work, our home, our favorite bars and restaurants, where our commute, right? Wherever we live, wherever we get to do this work, wherever we're meeting our, you know, quote unquote opponents in life, whether that be a pandemic, a financial hardship, a divorce, a relationship lost, a person loss, grief, you know, all these things, disappointment, these things that we all collectively experience.
0: So once you get in the mindset that you're ready to do the work, are there certain, and I don't mean to simplify this. I mean, this is a whole book. This is a whole lifestyle, but are there certain techniques that we can start with and use?
1: Yes, there are actually. (laughs) Um, in the book, uh, in that first chapter, there's an exercise that I love and I use it with my clients as well, which is to um, essentially go back in your past, create this like timeline and visualize it in front of you and just kind of look back and remember all those times that sucked. And I call it your greatest Shits list. I hope that's okay to say. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like your hits list, but the opposite. Right. Um, you know, all those times where it was like so challenging to get out of bed in the morning, so challenging to finish your day, or whatever you're going through and struggling with. Um, and then the reason for that exercise is to then go back and look at each time and see which of you which. Essentially, secret weapons—I call them—that you've created because of them, not in spite of them. Mm -hmm. Some people like to use the word superpowers, but again, my going back to the martial arts metaphor, a secret weapon. I used to watch—you know—when I was a a lowly white belt practicing hapkido, I would watch these other black belts. Right, a lot of women were in the school that I trained in, and they were so fierce. And I would watch them spar. And each one of them, I realized, had their own little secret weapon. So whether it was their spitting hook kick or their turning back kick or whatever, you know, weapon that they had, I realized that they drilled this over and over and over again. And they developed it because they've been knocked down in many fights before. Um, They developed it through the struggle and the battles that they were faced with. Um, And I just think that's really true in life and our secret weapons, you know, again, they're not punches or kicks, but our secret weapons can look like building empathy or generosity or leadership qualities, perseverance, resilience, right? These are all amazing weapons that we can have to move us through any other life challenges that are going to come in our future. That's really
0: interesting because people are always saying, a lot of times I've heard people say, when you're doing a job search, well, think about what your superpower is. And I find a lot of times women, especially don't give themselves enough credit for what they're really good at because Mm -hmm. women are sort of conditioned. Okay. This is a generalization, but I do happen to believe it's true. They're kind of conditioned to just take on so much and not take that bit of time and celebrate what they're great at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And and like I said, things like empathy or generosity can be your superpower secret weapon um, where, yeah, we probably weren't told that those are amazing qualities in business, but they actually really are.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I love the idea that it talks about in your book and that you talk about about flexing your mental muscle and rising above your fears. And at the end of all my interviews, and I'm going to ask you as well, Jen, I ask for one piece of advice. And it's interesting because I've noticed over the years and I cannot even believe but I have been interviewing women, not just for this podcast, but for different things for 12 years and a lot of women say, don't let fear guide you or be fearless. But that's a really hard thing to do. And I don't even know if that's possible. I mean, I always think kind of you come from more of a sense of strength if you recognize your fear and you don't let your fear guide you or rule you. And I'd love to understand how you think about fear and and rising above your fear.
1: Yes, that's such a good point. And I'm with you on that. I think if you are fearless then you're doing it wrong. I think, um, I just don't believe in fearlessness. Everyone has fear. I fear every single day fear. Uh, you know, when I do a post fear, when I create something fear of all these things, you know, it's not just fear of walking out in a dark alley. It's, you know, which I talk about when we're, when I'm teaching self-defense, but, but there's tons of fears. And I think Again, that's the mental muscle that you're building, you're flexing every time that you stay steady in the face of adversity, every time you do the thing anyway, anytime you put yourself out there, you're overcoming the fear. But I think it's a a 1000% natural to feel it first.
0: Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your own career journey and how you got to this place where you can share such terrific advice with us. So Mm -hmm. can you you talk a little bit about your career journey?
1: Yes. I wish I could tell you that it was planned all from the beginning, but it absolutely was not. Um, I always feel like I'm a terrible career advice giver because my career has been a series of figuring out the next step on the fly. Um, it did start with some lofty goals and visions. It took me a long time, to be honest, to realize those goals of becoming a public speaker and writing a book and all these things. I mean, it's been a 22-year journey. And it started um, not in this field at all. I was showing up to work as an event planner on September 11th when my whole world turned upside down. Um, in New York City, I worked three blocks south of the World Trade Center at the time, I was 25, or less, I can't remember. Um, And all of a sudden, obviously, everyone knows what happened that morning. And uh, to make a long story short, I got to my place of work, I went in to use the phone in the lobby, and the first tower fell, and I was thrown into this closet with a bunch of strangers, and fear took over my body, I was paralyzed. And this woman came up to me and grabbed me and and shook me out of my frozen state, which was a great lesson in fear that I learned that day. And uh, uh, her and I for hours went looking for shelter and finally made it to the martial arts studio that I was training at. And then for the first time that day, I felt safe. I felt calm. I was able to down my nervous system, or, you know, drink water and understand what was happening. And then this feeling of safety and refuge became this metaphor for my life. Um, I was out of a job, all I wanted to do was go back to that dojo, step on the mat, feel strong in my body, mentally getting more confident, spiritually found more grounding and stability. Um as we learned, you know, all the meditation and breathing techniques I was learning, it for 100% helped me through PTSD, but also it gave me a lot of purpose in my life and I really wanted to share those things so Again, I just kind of figured it out. I was like, okay, I can become a personal trainer. And then I went back to school to become a health coach. I went back to school again uh, to get my degree in nutrition. So for ten year period, was at the dojo every day, um, and then had a private practice in New York. The second half of the career, I feel like, is you know the more grown up version, which is taking that to um, instead of one to one, to larger audiences, right, with the same message of helping people feel strong, safe powerful from the streets to the boardroom. So I do that through keynote speaking, through self-defense workshops um, for corporations and all kinds of stuff like that. And it's been a fun ride. Well, let's talk about
0: self-defense because that is one of the things that you are an expert in. And I think especially in this bananas time, which seems like a trivial way to put it, a lot of women don't feel particularly safe. In fact, I just got my daughter and my nieces and my sister, and my mom, this little thing called birdie, which yes. I had seen on Instagram that makes mm-hmm. a huge loud sound if you feel like you might be in trouble. Um, yep. Are there a few lessons in safety that you can share with us, please?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um there's so many, I don't know where to begin, but essentially um, walking you through high level um, my program, which starts with the ABCs, which is awareness. I mean, as common sense as it sounds, using your awareness and tap and being able to tap into your intuition um, is your greatest gift and your greatest weapon essentially against danger of any kind, really. So out and about, alert and calm, Heads out of our phones, you know, phones away, earbuds away ish. You know, I hate to tell people don't do this and don't do that, but essentially, the more aware we are, the more we can take in. When we're taking in information around us, we're scanning for red flags naturally. There's a part of our brain that does that naturally. If we're too busy, we won't hear those messages. When we are tuned in, we'll feel that fear, we'll feel (laughs) the messages, our intuition is giving us and guiding us towards safety, towards purpose, towards happiness even. It's there for everyone. You don't have to be a psychic or intuitive, right? Everyone has that intuition and it's a muscle that you build by practicing listening to it. So
0: if you do, and this reminds me, I'll never forget this. My sister and I were watching Oprah when we were in high school and there was this Man on I even remember his name. His name was Gavin DeBecker. Gavin DeBecker. <laughs> Oh, you know, yes. And he said, most women get into trouble because they don't listen to that voice. And he used uh, an example of a woman getting into an elevator with someone where she thought, I have a strange feeling, but I don't want to offend that person. And then was attacked.
1: So yep. you have to go with your gut, right? He's so good. I mean, I reference him in every Oh yeah. The book is fabulous. The gift of fear. And, um, I'm not sure if he says it in the book or where I've read it, but it's like, yes, he says that women do that. We defy our intuition. Animals don't do that. It's like humans are the only species that actually will defy their intuition and think of animals in the wild. Yeah. It was him. you know, sensing danger, sensing another animal coming to attack them. They're out of there. Right. They're not thinking about like, oh, am I going to offend this animal? <laughs> am I, you know, is, am I being paranoid? They're like, no, get out, go fight back, whatever they need to do. So is there one thing, and obviously, I mean, you know, this is a podcast,
0: so nobody can see, but is there one specific thing or two specific things where if you do get into a situation that feels unsafe, you can do
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, again, depending on what stage of this danger or a alleged attack, right? I mean, there's so many, so many variables. but, um, you know, before the attack happens, can you de-escalate or call for backup, right? And that's what, like where a birdie would come in, that just has a personal alarm. There's actually like jewelry and apps that can call police for you, um stuff like that. and and if you're if you're actually in it, if now you're in the physical attack, the one thing I want you to remember is eyes, throat, groin. Those are acquire and fire. Acquire your targets, eyes, throat, groin, and fire away until you can safely get away.
0: Okay, that is really good advice. So I have to ask you, martial arts has is incredibly important to you you talked about it's, you know, it's in the title of your book with Dojo. You talked about that was your, your safe place during uh, September 11th. I'm embarrassed to say about what exactly is Hapkido? Mm -hmm.
1: That's okay. Um, It's a style of martial arts. So if you think of martial arts, like an umbrella, um, then there are all these different styles of martial arts. Again, mostly where they originated from Korea, Japan, China, right? So, um, Hapkido is a Korean style of martial arts and it's a very, um, underrated because I just don't think it's as popular as, you know, karate or Taekwondo and the ones that you hear about a lot or these days, jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu mainly. Um, but it's really, really awesome. And it's truly mind, body and spirit. So, I mean, we learned everything from fighting skills, self-defense skills, weaponry, um, the katas or kind of forms that you learn, meditation, breathing techniques. Oh, it's just such a beautiful art. And it really is an art and not a sport, which is like the jujitsu and the other kind of um, MMA uh, things that you see.
0: If somebody is interested in learning more about uh, or trying out martial arts and they don't really know where to start at all, what would mm-hmm. you suggest?
1: Yeah, I wrote a blog on this a while ago. I would suggest this. Obviously, you only have, if you're doing if you're going to a place, not virtually, obviously. Virtual, you have lots of options. Um, I have a self-defense course, uh, an online self-defense course. But if you actually want to get into it, like a lifestyle and be going to a place Check out the places in your neighborhood, right? It's gotta be close enough for you to wanna commute there and then go take a trial week. A lot of places will offer you like a trial week or something like that or month and get a feel for the instructors there. That's the most important thing. Style is so less important. It's really about, you want, to, you want to be in a safe place with folks. You don't want to be getting hurt. You don't want to look around and see a lot of injuries. And definitely you don't want to be in a place that has a lot of egos, like big egos, right? Um, and I especially love um, the school that I went to, World Martial Arts Center, because I would say about half of the instructors were actually women. So that's another thing you need to kind of look out for, especially if you're a woman, you don't, I wouldn't want to be in a place which is all men. So you said you have an online class? I do. Uh, if you just Google She Warrior self-defense, it should come up quickly.
0: Okay, fantastic. So you're such an inspiration. Thank I need you. to ask you the same question as I said that I like to end my interviews with. Is there one piece of advice that has really helped you through your career and your life that you can share with us?
1: There are so many. Um, but what always comes to me when asked that type of question is. And I feel like it's my whole mission in life is to remind women that all the power that you need to live your most badass life, to achieve your goals, to truly just be happy is within you already. And I feel like society has us looking outside for that power a lot. And some of us look to it in You know, we look to the scale and see if our power's there. We look to anti aging face creams and see if our power's there. We look to um, our job titles or bank accounts and relationship status and realize that it's not really there either. Um, All your happiness and all your power is just going to be found within. And having a practice where you connect with yourself on a regular basis, for me, it's meditation. has been the the biggest game changer in my life.
0: That sounds amazing. And so, so true. So before you go, what's the best way for people to follow you? And in
1: August, where should we buy your book? Oh, gosh, thank you. Um, JenniferCassetta.com. I'm on Instagram. I even have a TikTok at Jen Cassetta, two N's, two S's, two T's. Um, And the book is already, um, you can already pre-order the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lots of other book retailers. Fantastic. Well, Jen, thank you so much for your time today. It was wonderful
0: to talk with you.
1: Thank you so much, Katie. Bye, everyone.